Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Hosea chapter 12. And Hosea, it's one of those little books. It's after Daniel in the Old Testament. Verse 3 says, chapter 12, verse 3, the word says, he took his brother by the heel in the womb, speaking of Jacob. So these two babies are being born. If you know the story of Jacob and Esau, they were twins. And they, and, but by what he says here that when he was in the womb, and this is, you know, the Bible's, or the the, the, all the scriptures is is written by the Holy Ghost, right? It's written through men by the Holy Ghost. Right here, the, the Holy Ghost told Hosea that Jacob grabbed a hold of Esau's heel when he was being born. So therefore, that was all one birth, even though Esau came out first. Jacob was, he, 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 was, he had a hold of the heel. He was connected to, to that birthright anyway, right? Amen. That'll preach. And I saw that today, and that, you know, that was something that, that's, that deserves some study. But it says, by the heel in the womb and by his strength, say his strength. By his strength. By his strength, he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. You remember the story of Jacob wrestling with the Lord, wrestling with the angel of the Lord. It says he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and he made supplication unto him. Now that. That does that. That's not in the other. That's not in the other reading. I went back and read the other story, and uh, you know it says that he wrestled with him and he prevailed. Okay, you know the Lord touched his thigh and dislocated his thigh or whatever, and and he was he was wounded, but he said he kept wrestling and he prevailed, right? But then afterwards it says it just speaks the Lord blessing him. But here it says he wept and made supplication unto the Lord. It says and he found him in Bethel, Bethel. And there he spake with us. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And God, we thank you, Lord, for this time together that we can break the bread of the word, God. This time that we can we can hear from you, Lord. Hear from the Spirit, Lord, directly to our hearts. And God, I pray, Lord, that each person would be open and honest about themselves and be open and honest to the word of God tonight. And in Jesus' name we pray. We give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So in this reading from Hosea, we're talking about Jacob. Okay? And there's a point in there that says, uh, by his strength, amen, he had power with God. Now, so I want to talk to you just a little while tonight on this thought, the strength and the struggle. The strength and the struggle. So when we think about strength, it's, it seems like it, it's a pretty desirable thing to have, right? I mean, you just remember when you, you know, the little boy, my little boy, you know, and he was, I'd say, wow, look at his muscles, you know, and he would, you know, flex his muscle, you know, and, and you really say, wow, look at, look at this guy. So, and it's, you know, as we grew up, you know, we wanted to kind of hit the weights, you know, we wanted to, being strong was a good thing, right? That's something that we wanted to be. We see in nature, 
how that, uh, you know, if you like deer, you know, study deer, the deer will fight, you know, and then the winner gets all the does, right? That's just the way it goes, right? Okay? So being strong is a desirable thing. It's something that we want to do, right? And we see in our lives, you know, yeah, there's always, you know, everybody remembers the bully in school. You know, he was bigger and stronger than everybody else, right? And you think, man, I wish I was that. I would give that guy a thrashing, right? But there's those being strong is something that we want. Now, strength doesn't always come by accident. Now, there's some people that are just naturally stronger than others by their genes or whatever. They have more potential. They're bigger. They're stronger. Whatever. But usually, strength doesn't come uh, by accident. Okay. There's a lot of choices that are made. Okay. In someone's life, in order for them to become strong. I mean, we talk about. Um, being strong, you know, talk about a strong person, emotionally strong, or 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 somebody that's that's strong with their mind or whatever, okay? But strength is only is and it's only evident when it's needed. Okay? Nobody ever said, you know, you don't know how strong someone is, okay, until they show you. Right? And you and you talk about you know, people that you might think are really strong people just because of how they're acting, they're real stoic or whatever. But when something happens to them and they can just break down like a whole like a deck of cards, you know, been stacked up, just blowing around, right? So we understand that strength is only evident when it's needed. I remember when uh, when I was lifting weights, you know, and we would have max out day. You remember max out day? And uh, you've been lifting, doing a regimen for a few weeks, and then it came to the day, see how much stronger you've gotten. Okay, and the idea was to just see how much that you could lift for one rep, okay? And you go until you failed, right? But that one, you could say, well, I think I can do this much, or I think I could do that much. But until you laid down and took a hold of it and pressed it, you had no idea how much you could do. Somebody say amen. Nobody sets out to be weak, right? Nobody sets out in their mind and desires to be a weakling. Somebody say amen. So understand that it's, it's an undesirable thing. Weak folks will really admit when they're weak, right? It takes a strong person, ironically, to admit when you're weak, right? It takes a strong person to admit when, you're, when you don't have the strength in a certain area. In situations, uh, they, they may avoid the situations where that strength is required, Okay. If I have no interest in lifting weights, am I going to be caught dead in the gym? The answer is obviously no, right? And I'm not going to be anywhere near uh, the strongman contest, right? I'm not going to be entering the CrossFit challenge or whatever it may be, right? So understand, and, and there's people that are emotionally weak, and they won't let anybody near them emotionally because they understand the weakness in their life. So they avoid those situations where they're going to be made to show just how strong or not strong that they are. Somebody say amen. So we're commanded in the Bible to be strong in the Lord. Okay, weird. The Bible says in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Okay, the pastor's been preaching about the armor. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then it goes on to say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? We wrestle against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, right? But understand that we are ordered. We are commanded. If we're going to be in the army of the Lord, if we're going to be somebody that's named according to his name, we're to be strong in the Lord. Understand tonight that where we sit tonight, we're fighting for our soul. Somebody say amen. We are here 
uh, tonight because we understand that there is an enemy. There is an enemy of our soul. There is a there is a, a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. Amen. There is a right path. There is a wrong path. There is a broad way. There is a narrow way. And we're here tonight to do battle for our souls. Revelations 21.8, it said that the fearful and the unbelieving, they're going to find themselves in the lake of fire. Okay? So if you're afraid tonight, if you're afraid about what's coming down, if you're afraid, you're going to find yourself in the lake of fire. Somebody say amen. We do not have a choice. We don't have a choice. We are to be strong in the Lord. We're commanded to be strong. It's an order. You ever got an order from your wife or your, your husband, you know, or your mom? <laughs> Sometimes the order from the mom came up with a swat to the back of the head because it was about the third time she'd said it, Right? You understand an order is an order. But we live in a world where being strong isn't really advised right now. You see you, the young people on social media and things, I don't know if you're, if you're ever onto that, into that or whatever, and you see that folks are afraid to have opinions that differ from the opinion they're supposed to have. And it's not advisable for a person to have anything that, re re that, that represents critical thinking or a clear thought in your own head, right? You're not supposed, you're supposed to follow along with the masses. You're, supposed, you're not supposed to stand on any principles. You're supposed to understand that everything is, is fluid. Everything is going where it needs to go. And as long as you'll listen and toe the line and do what you're told, you can, you know, you can get along okay. But the minute that you step out of line and have your own opinion or have an opinion that differs from the opinion that's being stuffed down your throat, okay, then you're being attacked on all sides. And I, I, I've seen it many, many times in, in, in my life that, that there, there's, a, there's a, a way that people want to think and there's a way that, that, that you're being made to think. But when you start to speak up, that's when the attack comes. So we're, and also there's a generation that's coming up. You know, I was talking to my, my kids, you know, about some things. And there's a generation that's coming up behind us. And they, won't, they don't come out right, right out and say it. But they understand this principle. Okay? They, they're afraid to have opinions that will ruffle any feathers. Okay? And if you're, in, if you're trying to do anything in the world, if you're in college or you're going to school or, or you're trying to get a job. I heard an interview the other day um, uh, talking about actors. And, you know, I don't really um, think actors are the best uh, uh, whether microcosm to study anything in, in the society, but it says that the actors, reason why li uh, Hollywood is completely liberal or all the actors seem to be liberal is because they're worried about getting their next job. Okay? So they're afraid to have any opinion that differs from the main line, right? Understand that, it's, that, that this, is, this is a whole, this is a fear factor. This is a, 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 this is a way of of pressuring you into thinking and acting a certain way. Somebody say amen. But it says here that Jacob, by his strength, had power with God. Now, if you read about Jacob, and I really, if you don't know the story of Jacob, you need to go back and study it. Because Jacob's an interesting character, okay? Jacob was a guy that pretty much, he'd, he'd do anything to get ahead, right? He's pretty much known to do, he would do whatever it takes Okay, to get what he wanted. Okay, uh, if you read through the, the old Old Testament and where where he 
fooled, he had, with his mother's help, he fooled Esau to get the birthright, right? And then he went away and was working for Rachel's hand when he got, and his, his father-in-law pulled a fast one on him, and he got, the, you know, he got the wrong wife or whatever. So he said, well, if you want the other wife, it's going to be seven more years. And he did it, okay? He would do whatever it takes to get what he wanted, right? But understand that there came a time when that wasn't enough in his life. Now, it's true that in our flesh, you know, I'm talking about Jacob's strength, but I want you to understand that I'm not saying by our own strength we can do anything for the Lord, okay? I'm not saying that in a bit, not, not even a little bit. In our, in our uh, flesh dwelleth no good thing in Romans, right? Romans 7, 18. In my flesh, I can't do God's will. In my flesh, I can't know God's will. Uh, but understand that there is something about your gumption. There's something about your, um, the way you go after. If you don't seek him with all your strength, you're not going to find him. Somebody say amen. You got to want it. Okay. He, he said, he said, if you don't want to learn the Lord, the word of God, you're not going to learn it. We've been, uh, we've been, ta- uh, in, uh, our Tuesday night Bible study, we've been talking about the word and the power of God, the scripture and the power of God. And I, I keep telling them it's only go, it, it's up to you to seek after the Lord. Okay. Now there's nothing you can do to save yourself. That's true. But how you seek him, that's totally up to you. If you don't want it. And I mean, if you don't desire it at any cost, you won't have it. There are times when we don't feel like doing as well. There's times when it fit when we don't feel like reading the word. There's times when we don't necessarily feel about like doing the things that we know we're supposed to be doing. There's been times when, I mean, there are going to be times if you're a Christian for very long. Anybody ever have a time when you knelt down to pray and you felt like you couldn't, you, your prayers weren't going any higher than the ceiling? Amen. There are those times in our life. Those are, that's the time when you got to get, you got to reach for your strength. Amen. You got to reach for your strength, whatever's inside of you. Because I got to tell you, if you're going to give up that easy, you're not doing the will of the Lord, right? If you're going to give up that easy on your life, on your hope, on the promises that you've been given, you're not loving the Lord the way you're supposed to love Him. Somebody say Amen. Sometimes we got to play through the pray through the resistance of our fret, of our flesh, of our flesh, of our. It's easy for you to say, of our flesh, right? Our flesh doesn't always want to get up in the morning and pray, does it, Brother Trent? He's talking about it. He goes, man, i got to get another job. I go, why? You don't like it? He says, well, in order to get up and pray, man, i got to get up at like 4.30. You know? i got to be at work, you know? He said, he's like, I can't get up. He didn't say, I need to just pray later. No. He said, i got to get another job that starts later, right? Because he understands the, the importance of starting his day on his knees seeking the Lord. Somebody say amen. But it takes an engaged will, okay? It, you cannot mail it in, okay? You can't pretend. Seek the Lord. I don't care who you are or how good an actor you are. You can't come in here and jump up and down, wave your hands, sing at the top of your lungs, whatever, okay? It's going to show sooner or later how hard, how much you're seeking the Lord. Somebody say amen. you got to have it engage your will, engage your strength, engage your intellect. Somebody say amen. Job said, he said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. But listen to this. He said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. Wow, that's right. Treat that again. It says, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. 
It says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, that's seeking the Lord. That's putting the Lord where he needs to be in your life. That's going to cause you to find what you're seeking for. Somebody say amen. And if you're not in this place, you're not going to have power with God. Understand it. So where does the strength come from? The amount of strength you have is directly proportionate to your struggle. Let me say again. The amount of strength that you have is directly proportionate to your struggle. So where did Jacob's strength come from? Let's, let's, let's find out. Who's Jacob? Okay, Jacob's son of Isaac, right? Isaac's the son of Abraham. Uh, Jacob had the, he wanted the birthright. He swiped the birthright from his, from his brother Esau through deception. Okay? Bible said he took a hold of his brother's heel. You know, there was something about Jacob that he, he was hard to keep down. Right? He's a sneaky, sneaky guy. Amen. Matter of fact, Jacob means deceiver. Did you know that? He was sent away because of what he did. And uh, he's on his way out. And in Genesis 28, let's turn there. Genesis 28, chap, uh, chapter 28. start reading at verse 12. Bible says, and he dreamed and behold a ladder. This is on his journey. He's on his journey. His mom, he, because of what he had done, Esau was pretty mad. Okay. And Esau was the big brother. Okay. Esau was pretty mad because he had stolen his birthright through deception. And uh, his mom kind of sent him away for a while. So he's on his journey and he dreams this dream. He says, behold, he dreamed or he had dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached into heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereof, whereon thou liest to thee will I give it to it, give will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. And behold, now I want you to, I want you to get a hold of this right now because this is, gonna, this, is, this is the thrust of what I'm going to be talking about. It says, And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. That sounds like a promise. And will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. That sounds like another promise. Until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awakened out of the sleep, and he said, Sure, the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, and the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And no, verse 20, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again into my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. That sounds like a promise. So what do we have right here? 
we have Jacob receiving a promise, okay? He received the word. And when the Lord sends you a word, okay, that's a monumental place in your life. How many has ever gotten the word from the Lord? Okay. Now, you, now I, I didn't say you were sleeping out, camping out under the stars, and you saw angel, angels going up and down a ladder, and the Lord talking to you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in, in, in a place where the word is going forth and feel it commune with your spirit. Feel it come into you. Feel it be, uh, you, make you understand that this is a word for me. This is what happened to Jacob. He received the word from the Lord. And if you follow the rest of the, his time uh, in Scripture, he held on to that word no matter what. He went to work for Laban. He worked. He got his first wife. It wasn't the wife he wanted. Uh, but he held on to the word. He got worked the second seven years. Got a second wife but he held on to the word. He started to go back home. He's holding on to the promises. Amen. He's getting the showdown with Esau. He's holding on to the promises. So what am I saying here? I'm saying the amount, the amount of strength that you gain in your walk with the Lord comes with how much you struggle and how much you hold on to what you know to be true. In the face of the struggle... In the face of the circumstances, in the face of everything that's going on in your life, good or bad, you're holding on to the promises that were given to you. That's how you gain the strength that you need to go on. Somebody say amen. We have received promises, folks. Amen. He desires that none should perish, 2 Peter 3. He, think, he thinks good thoughts towards me, Jeremiah 29, 11. I will find him when I seek him with my whole heart, Jeremiah 29, 13. Said, if I endure, I will be saved, Matthew 24. Amen. He will give me power to overcome, and that is a promise to me and my children, Acts 2. These are promises that I that nobody, there's another one. He, nobody can no, no man can pluck me out of his hand. Somebody say, I don't care what comes against you on this earth, whether it's the government, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's whatever it may be, nothing can pluck you out of the hand of the Lord. These are promises that we have. And my strength and your strength will be shown as we hold on to these promises no matter the struggle. Understand, going forward in your life, there's not a time that you're not going to struggle. Somebody say amen. There's not a time that, that when you, know, you may have smooth sailing for a while, but there's always another trial around the corner, right? Because we don't reach for the Lord when everything's going well, do we? I mean, it's it's a it's a rare person that reaches for the Lord like you like like when things are going well, like they do when things are not going well. Somebody say Amen. Sometimes we we, we got it all figured out. We we're walking on we're walking on sunshine, right? Remember that old song? We're walking. We, we don't need anything from anybody, right? Who needs to pray? Who needs to fast? Who needs to seek the Lord? Now, when things go down and out, and you find yourself in a hole, and you've made a mistake, and you find yourself facing some of the penalties of that mistake, boy, don't you hit your knees. Amen? Don't you hit your knees and say, you know what? I got some promises that were given to me. Somebody say amen. I've got some promises that I'm going to be able to rise again from this. Amen? You don't, you don't find, you don't find that, that place in the Lord by things always going nice and easy. You're walking around with, with no worries, nothing going on in your life. No struggles. You don't find what you need in the Lord. It's the strength that comes from the struggle. 
Without the struggle, there is no strength. Somebody say amen. I, you know, our generation of parents, me, talk about me, we tried to give our kids everything that we didn't have, right? It just almost seemed like we just wanted to go out of your way. And I coached ball for a lot of years, and a lot of parents didn't want their kid with having any adversity, okay? And how many knows that when you treat your kids with, with velvet gloves, okay, you keep them protected from everything on all sides at all times, when they get out on their own and they start to face struggles, one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to go into a deep, deep, deep depression because they don't have the tools, okay, to handle what's coming at them, all right, or they're going to come back and say, hey, why didn't you tell me this, 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 and this, and this, right? Understand that without the struggle, unless you let them struggle a little bit. I know, remember when my little boy was learning to walk, you know, he had to struggle a little bit. So if you, if you, if you kept a hold of daddy's hands all the time, right? Would he have ever learned to walk? Right? I remember teaching him how to ride a bike and, and I went and got him a bike and his mom went and got him elbow pads and helmet and, you know, the little gloves. So he didn't get little blisters on his hands. And, and I'm just like, what are you doing to my boy? Let him skin his knee. Okay. That's how you learn. Right? Somebody say Amen. But we have, we have these, we have a whole generation of folks now, okay? And I made a lot of mistakes raising my children, I did. But we have this whole generation of folks now that don't know how to deal with the struggle, okay? They think that, and I'm not talking down to you, I feel for you. I feel for them. Because they step out of college and they think they should just step right out of college and do a $100,000 a year job. Right into a house better than their mom and dad had, right? But they don't understand without the struggle, they're not going to be a good person, right? You ever known somebody that was handed everything on a silver platter? Okay, did they appreciate anything that they had? I remember when I was in school, and I'm not going to name any names, because, you know, this, this guy, he was an all right guy, but his parents were, you know, pretty well to do, and, and they, but they got divorced, and so anything that he wanted, he got he would drive, he had four or five cars. He was 16 years old. He'd drive a different car to school every day, okay? And I look at him like, man, I'd like to get one of those, you know, right? But then things started to happen in his life, okay? And he ended up in a lot of trouble, okay? Because he didn't know how to deal with the struggle. He thought everything was always supposed to be roses. Somebody say amen. A lot of folks look at their life and they think, what did I do to deserve this? Okay. Uh, we were in a meeting the other night and a young lady uh, really blessed me. And uh, she said that, and I'm not going to mention any names, I, you know, the things that, that go on there stay there. And that's, that's a sacred thing. But I don't think she would mind me telling her that she inspired me. Amen. I don't think she would mind me telling you guys that she inspired me because she was having a struggle. She was having a rough time. And during those struggles, there's always that um, pull of what you used to be. There's always, there's always that pull of the comfortable place you used to hide. 
or that thing that used to bring you your flesh a little bit of pleasure, that thing that that used to kind of identi- you kind of I- identified with. And in this instance, she said that she was really struggling, okay, and she really felt this pull on her soul, and she said, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. But I knelt and I prayed, and I said, Lord, I don't want to do that anymore, okay? And she said, and immediately when I got up, I went home, and she said, I don't even, I went right to sleep. And she said, I woke up in the morning, and I felt better, okay? Now, that's just something to say, well, big deal. That's a simple story. You don't understand if you've never been there. Understand that during those times of struggle, okay, I told her, I said, the Lord just imparted something into your into your soul right then that you it's invaluable it's going to be invaluable to you going forward because you know that you can say no to it you know that through through prayer and through focusing on what you're supposed to focus on that you can get through that amen you she focused on she said i don't even know uh, i just i just know that i'm in a good place i'm going to church you know i'm going to me I, I don't even know really how to do it but i just oh, i knew that i didn't want to go back to where i was and that's all it takes that's it. That's it. That's, that's, that's finding your strength in the promises in the middle of the struggle. And that's all that it takes. But, but I wanted to, I told her, I said, I said, man, you're, you're inspiring me. Because we're talking about a person, okay, who's never taught anything about the Lord, okay? And the Lord is reaching into her life. Just all on his own, just because she's reaching for him. He's reaching into her life. And he says, I'm going to give you strength in this time. It doesn't matter that what you don't know. What you, she doesn't even know what she doesn't know. Amen? It just filled me with such faith. It, it increased my faith so much. For, and I was so blessed leaving that meeting Tuesday night because I saw what the Lord can do. Amen? And that was purely him reaching into her life. And she said she knew it was. Amen? Sometimes we're not going to understand the struggle. Okay? I don't know why things happen to me like they happen to me. I don't know why I ended up where I ended up other than the fact that I made some bad decisions. Okay? But the circumstances that surrounded it, I don't know why. Okay? I don't know why. All I, all I know is, is that I found myself where I found myself. Okay? And I had to call on the promises Okay, that are in the word. Things that I had walked away from. But understand, there's not a lot of times when we can look back on a struggle that we've faced or something that we've come through and just immediately understand the whole thing. You know, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly, right? We don't even see all the circumstances that surround. We're because we're blessed with this thing called free will, and so is everyone else, right? And there's been people, there's people sitting here under the sound of my voice that have been injured really, really bad by other people's free will. Okay, so understand that there's no rhyme or reason sometimes to understand why we struggle, where we struggle or why we find ourselves where we find ourselves. But understand that there's always a reason for it. Okay, there's always a way that God can make it, can turn it around and use it for the good. Amen. I never, ever thought that I would be in, uh, you know, administering an acts class. Right. But I am. And it's blessing me. And when I say I'm ministering, all I do is go there. And open it up, and everybody else, it, it's just, it's amazing to see. It's a, everybody, everybody else starts to lift each other up. It's not, a, it's not a, it's not a matter of one person standing and teaching everybody what they need to do. No, no, no. It's everybody else teaching 
each other what they need to do, how they need to think, where, where they're going wrong, what they need to focus on, what, 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 what's wrong with this situation or that situation. And it's a wonderful, wonderful experience, i got to tell you. But understand, understanding the struggle, that's not really our job. Right? Um, pastor told the story the other day uh, on Sunday about Luke and him starting a fire and about the little bug that was on the piece of wood. And he and Luke was looking and he said, uh, if the bug would just go here, here, and then back down here and out, he could escape the fire, right? And he said, well, that's how God sees us, you know. All, we, all the bug sees is the fire, right? The smoke, the fire, you know, his senses are distorted, right? Understand, we don't always have to understand the struggle, but just understand that the Lord has our best interest at heart. The Lord has our, if he's allowing you to face something, it's because you need to face it. Somebody say amen. In 1 Kings 17, we, we read about Elijah. And I want you guys to really understand this. It talks about a miracle of oil and meal. Okay? And who, wants, who doesn't want to see a miracle? Right? We want to see a miracle, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to? But let's look at this miracle, and then let's look at all the circumstances surrounding this miracle. Elijah is in this other country. This widow woman feeds him a cake, makes him a cake, and there's a famine going on and a drought. Makes him a cake and feeds it to him. And because she, she did that, uh, she never ran out of meal and never ran out of oil. That's a miracle. Her barrel was empty. But every morning she went there, it, was, it, was, it had enough for another day, right? But let's look a little closer. Let's look at Elisha first, or Elijah. Elijah lived in a country that was apostate, a country that was supposed to be the Lord's, okay? Had, they had all backslid, an evil king that wouldn't do right, okay? He declared judgment, okay, because the Lord told him to, because he lived in an apostate country, because of an evil king. They wanted to kill him because he, he proclaimed judgment. He was guided by the Lord to escape that country, to go find sustenance by a brook, and then later to this town of Zarephath. So understand that everything that put Elijah where he was to be take part in this miracle was all bad. It was all struggle. Somebody say amen. It was all struggle. He lived in an evil country, a country that was supposed to be the Lord's country, right? He was living in the middle of a drought that the Lord had told him to proclaim. And how many knows that when there's no rain, there's no rain, right? He got him to Cherith. He fed him with ravens. He's eating food from ravens, right? All this, all these negative struggles led him to Zarephath. Now the widow, let's look at the widow. First of all, she was a widow. She didn't have a husband. So first of all, her husband had died. Circumstance number one. Number two, there's a drought going on, and she's in dire, dire, dire poverty. Okay? Struggle number two. She had enough for one last meal. It may be one thing if you had enough for two, two or three cakes, right? But she had enough for one. One meal. She had resigned herself to that fate. 
How many people do we have? We walk the streets every day. We look at folks. And how many people have lost all hope? How many people you look them in the eyes and they have lost all hope of ever having anything that they, uh, even looks like the life that they want? How many, how, how many people do we brush elbows with every day that need to hear that there's hope? Amen. But she had resigned herself to this fate. She said, she even said, I'm going to go get a few sticks. I'm going to build a little fire. I'm going to make this cake for me and my son. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to wait to die. Now, that's a struggle. If you've ever, I mean, I've never, ever, ever gone hungry. Not really. I mean, there's times when I didn't have exactly what I wanted, okay? But I've never gone hungry. Amen? If anybody's ever gone hungry, you understand the place that this lady was in. But then she received a promise. She received a promise that if she would feed the prophet of the Lord, that her meal would never run out and her oil would never run out. So there's the promise. So what's she do? She has two choices right here, right? You believe God or you don't believe him. That's what it comes down to. Your next step in your struggle Okay, I don't know what it is or where it's coming from, what you're doing or what's going on, but your next step comes down to whether or not you believe God. Okay, he's given you the promise. He's given you all the promises that you need. We read several here a little bit ago. Understand that your next step, whether or not you step toward that thing that brought you comfort or you step on in the Lord, okay, you, it comes down to whether or not you believe he's telling you the truth. Do we believe him or don't we believe him? Amen. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, and God counted that to him for his righteousness. Amen. Believing God, that's righteousness, right? So she fed the prophet. Now understand, to her, for her to be present at that miracle, she had to have all her struggles going on. I wonder if we couldn't get a hold of that one time and start to understand that the struggle that we're in Okay, we, we need to understand that any miracle that's going to, how many want to see a miracle in your life? Amen. Amen. How many want to see your family saved? How many want to see a healing that takes place in your life? There's some, some, some healing, some, some, some kind of a miracle in your life. I'm wondering if we can't get a hold of the understanding that each struggle that we're facing, okay, each thing that we're facing, if we hold on to the promises, amen, if we, have, we pull, look down and find some kind of a strength to hold on to what the Lord has told us to do and to do what he has told us to do, that we can move forward and get something positive out of that struggle. Understand that things didn't change overnight, okay, but the, the promise was, look, I'm going to give you meal and oil in that barrel until I send rain. Understand, I don't know what you're facing. I've heard some sad stories recently. There's a lot of people facing a lot of hardships, a lot of circumstances, a lot of things that just breaks your heart to even hear, let alone for them to deal with. But I got to tell you, there's going to be a little bit of meal in the barrel in the morning. I promise. There's going to be a little bit of oil in the barrel in the morning. I promise. Until the time... 
Amen. Until the time that the rain comes and things start to get back and rolling and moving in your life. Understand that you're not there. You're not there to be, remain there for the rest of your days. But if you hold on to the promises of the Lord, that the struggle is going to deliver you the strength that you need to continue on in the Lord. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Stand with me if you will. I don't pretend to know. I don't pretend to know what, what you're going through. I don't pretend to understand all of the workings of your life or, or what you, there's, there's people that are just holding on by a thread. There's folks out there. There's folks maybe under the sound of my voice are just holding on just by a thread. But I got to tell you, you're still holding on. Okay. If you're breathing today, if you got breath in your lungs, okay, if you're, if you're able to stand and sit and come and go, okay, you got hope. Amen. Amen. The Lord has not given up on you. And there's still a time when you can bow your knee and get back on the track that you're supposed to be on. There's a struggle that's going on, okay, but there's strength that you can gain. There's things that you can get in the middle of the struggle. But you got to understand that do you believe him or don't you believe him? It's either yes or no. It's either courage or fear. It's either faith or unbelief. It's either I'm getting up and going forward or I'm going to die. I'm going to eat my last meal and die, right? Or I'm going to do what the Lord tells me and I'm going to live to fight another day. And it's, you know, I've talked to people all the time and they have such sad stories and they have all these things and just like a cascade of things, one right after another that has buried them in a pit. And some of them were bad choices, absolutely. But there's the things that happened to them too. And there's things that, 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 you know, some is our fault, but sometimes things aren't our fault, right? But there's, they, 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 I got to tell them, you know, look, he's got the answers for you, okay? Now, you got to make a profession of faith. You got to take the step, okay? You got to, you got to, you got to put it in your mind. Find the strength to take the step and then to take another step and to take another step. But I tell them. Now, this things didn't get in your life, didn't get that way overnight. So there's no reason to think that it's going to change overnight, right? But understand, like this widow here, you know, she didn't come or wake up the next morning to a full barrel, right? She didn't wake up to a, a new bottle of Crisco in the cabinet, right? She woke up to just enough meal and just enough oil to get her through that day. And she had the promise that if she continued to do what God has told her to do, that it would remain until the sky broke open and the rain came. Amen. Because there will be a day. Amen. If you're faithful in those little things, there's going to be a day when the, when the sky is going to finally crack open and the sun's going to shine down on your life. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, look how far I've come. You're going to look back and you're going to say, look what there. I do have hope. I see it now. And you're going to run out and you're going to try to find somebody that was just like you. You're going to see it right in their eyes. You'll say, you know what? I've been where you are and look what the Lord did for me. The strength in the struggle. But without the struggle, there's no strength. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for, for your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your spirit, Lord, that you use, Lord, to draw us, Lord, to the place that we need to be. 
God, I pray right now, Lord, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice, Lord, that needs you, that's thinking about quitting the struggle, Lord, that's thinking about stepping backwards, Lord, that's leaning on unbelief, God, I pray, Lord, that they would find themselves a place of prayer. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would turn them around, God. Let them understand, Lord, that the strength comes in the struggle and that they're going to have it, they're going to be better on the other side. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would comfort, Lord, right now. Comfort the spirits, Lord, of those that are struggling, God. Lord, send your angels right now, Lord, no matter where they are, Lord, to minister and tell them not to give up. Keep taking a breath. Keep taking a step. Keep doing what the Lord has told them to do. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.